Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and this episode is Q&A number 52. Before we get into today's questions, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. The best place to start with uh, hydration and uh, when it comes to optimizing how you plan your hydration for racing, especially if you're racing in longer and hotter or more humid races, is to take Precision Hydration's free online sweat test. That is simply a quiz that uh, consists of a few simple questions that you can answer in in a few minutes time and it is it's been validated against real world sweat test data so it will give you a very good ballpark estimate for how much you sweat and how much sodium you lose in that sweat because everybody's uh, sweat sodium content is uh, different and that will then inform your hydration strategy in fact you'll get that hydration strategy right away after you complete that quiz so highly highly valuable stuff and you can then choose to if you want to try your first box or tube of precision hydration electrolytes for free with the promo code that triathlon show all one word all caps and big thanks to roca roca is the world leading manufacturer of wetsuits tri suits swimskins apparel and high performance eyewear you can find them on roca.com that's r-o-k-a.com Roka have generously offered a 20% discount on your order when you use the promo code TTS all caps. So the question for today comes from the United Kingdom from Pat who writes, Hi Michael, what is your take on running in calf compression socks? After reading a few journals, I can't seem to find any scientific evidence to support them, but can find several studies highlighting the dangers with blood pooling in the foot because of the tight compression around the ankle and other dangers of deep vein thrombosis, especially more so if you are female. Thank you, Pat. That is a good question and uh, yeah, very relevant because when you go to races, whether it be running or triathlon, you'll see a lot of athletes wearing compression socks or sleeves. So uh, it is highly relevant to to ask whether they actually work, how do they work, do they work, and what are the proposed benefits of them. So to give that a bit of background on how they are supposed to work, compression socks, they work with graduated compression. So there is a pressure a difference between how how high the pressure is around the ankle area compared to how high the pressure is around the knee. It's more tight around the ankle, so that's why it's called graduated compression. And this encourages blood flow against gravity in the veins back towards the heart. And by the way, this also works the same way in the, uh, in the lymphatic uh, system with, uh, with the fluid there, the lymph in, in that system. And that's actually the original application of compression garments uh, used in the clinical settings but without going too much deeper into that uh, potential explanation of improved blood flow as uh, the mechanism for all the proposed benefits of compression there is another theory which uh, is that uh, wearing compression garments might decrease muscle vibration which potentially could reduce muscle damage and delay onset of fatigue so these sort of mechanisms are related to both to recovery but also to uh, performance perhaps in at least in longer events where delayed fatigue might be might be of importance 
So if we talk about the actual garments that you might use and what to think about with them before we go into the uh, the science of uh, whether it actually does work. So graduated compression garments, when in studies that have been made, uh, the, the garments that are used are supposed to be actual like medical grade compression garments where you can measure a specific pressure both at the ankle and at the knee where the compression garment ends. So for example, if we talk about the pressure and remember there is a pressure differential there. So the pressure at the knee will be uh, slightly lower than it is at the, at the ankle. Uh, the pressure is measured in millimeters of mercury, MMHG. And just to give you a rough idea, if the pressure around the ankle is around 15 millimeters of mercury, that's considered mild compression. When it gets uh, above 20 or so, between 20 and 30, that is uh, moderate compression. And uh, and 30 or above, that would be like very like quite high compression. A problem is that a lot of manufacturers of compression garments don't really advertise or publish their, the compression level. And uh, I suspect that a lot of the cheaper brands are not at all graduated compression in the first place. So that might be a reason why they don't do that. Some of the more expensive brands, I think that they do make sure that they have graduated compression and that they also for, fall within certain parameters. But I guess that it just, they think that it confuses people if you, uh, which is, which they might very well be right in actually. But that doesn't uh, stop the fact that it would be nice if they would, for, for a lot of people, if they would actually publish those numbers so that we could tell whether we're having a compression sock that is mildly compressive or moderately compressive. And so we can, we can compare it to the actual studies that have been done. So I did some quick Google searches here. And for example, uh, I didn't find any pressure values in millimeter of mercury for brands like Compress Sport or Skins. I could find some information like this for 2xU and uh, Sigvaris. I don't recommend any particular brand at all. I actually don't use compression wear that much myself. I actually have a pair of compression socks and... Uh, Honestly, I can't even remember what brand they are. They are very rarely used, I have to admit. But uh, either way, if you want to use compression socks and you want to get the potential benefits, make sure that it's, uh, try to make sure that it's, it's actually gradual compression and high, a high enough compression level, like 20 plus minus five around the ankle seems to be reasonable. So if it's 15, that's okay. If it's 25, that's okay. Uh, so that's sort of the rough idea based on the, based on the research that at least that I looked at. So if we go into that, then go into the science of compression and how it works. There is a very recent meta analysis from this year, 2019, that's called influence of compression sportswear on recovery and performance, a systematic review. Unfortunately, I haven't managed to get uh, a full text access to this one. So I've only been able to read the abstract, which is never a good thing. But so I'm just going to briefly cover this one and then get into another one where I have had full text access. But uh, basically this meta-analysis or systematic review included 40 studies in their evaluation. And they state that most studies do not demonstrate any beneficial effect on performance, immediate recovery, or delay in the appearance of muscle pain. They do, however, show a positive trend towards a beneficial effect during recovery. The subsequent performance improved in five out of eight studies where subsequent performance was measured. 
and the perception of muscle damage was reduced in five out of six studies. In summary, the use of compression garments during recovery from exercise appears to be beneficial, although the factors explaining this efficacy have yet to be established. No adverse effects of the use of compression garments have been demonstrated. So there you go, a fairly straightforward, not much in the way of performance benefits, but uh, potential improvements in recovery and uh, also in the ability to back up performances. That's what they meant there with uh, that the subsequent performance improved in five out of eight studies where it was measured. That might be something like doing uh, two uh, time trials back to back on on consecutive days, or even in some studies I've seen, they do it with just one hour rest between and you wear compression socks in between. So uh, so backing up performance is, is uh, a potential application as well. Now, the other meta-analysis that I looked at, which is the one I'll rely on more, even though it's a bit older, but simply because I've had full text access and been able to read all of it, is called, Is There Evidence That Runners Can Benefit From Wearing Compression Clothing? And uh, it's from 2016. It included 32 studies rather than the 40 in the more recent meta-analysis. And these 32 studies had a total of 494 participants in them. 16 of these studies included elite or very well-trained subjects. 13 of them were, had recreational athletes or participants complete, competing at the regional level. And three of them involved untrained participants. And as I said before, a graduated compression is the gold standard and what's used the most. And 26 of these 32 studies used a graduated a compression so that's the vast majority of them one thing to point out with uh, both of these uh, meta-analyses or reviews and also with any individual study that you might come across is that a problem with investigating the effects of compression where is that it's very difficult to have a good controlled study of course most studies have control groups so they have a group that does not wear compression socks but the problem is that they're not blinded. So whereas in a medical study, you will just give the uh, the control subjects a pill that just looks and tastes like any pill, but it doesn't doesn't have any any particular effect. But the participants don't know that, so they they all have the same sort of placebo effect, or the placebo effect cannot act as a big confounding factor. But in compression studies, because it's very difficult to, or most studies haven't used blinded control groups uh, this placebo effect can be a big thing actually that people that are in the group that wear compression wear just simply might believe that they will get some sort of improvement and therefore they improve and it might not be because of the compression wear itself some studies do use some sort of blinding so that might be something as simple as just giving giving socks that are like very lightly compressed or or even just long socks rather than ankle socks would go some way, at least for people that have never actually used real compression wear. But uh, unfortunately, it seems that a lot of studies, they haven't even uh, done done that minimal amount of, of actually giving long socks to, to everybody. But uh, the control group has simply been wearing ankle socks. Anyway, that being said, uh, I'm going to read a bit from the abstract, which summarizes the... Uh, uh, the findings of this meta-analysis and uh, it says that there were no statistically significant effects on running performance uh, which included times for half marathon 15 kilometer trail running 5 and 10 kilometer runs and 400 meters sprinting 
or maximal and submaximal oxygen uptake, blood lactate concentrations, blood gas kinetics, cardiac parameters, including heart rate, cardiac output, cardiac index, and stroke volume, nor on body and perceived temperature. However, small positive effect sizes were found for time to exhaustion in incremental or step tests and on running economy, including biomechanical variables, as well as clearance of blood lactate, perceived exertion, maximal voluntary isometric contraction and peak leg muscle power immediately after running, and markers of muscle damage and inflammation. The body core temperature was moderately affected by compression, while the effect size values for post-exercise leg soreness and the delay in onset of muscle fatigue indicated large positive effects. So uh, that uh, summarizes it, and uh, it's uh, a bit worthy and lengthy. But uh, to conclude, it simply says that uh, there are limited potential positive effects of compression where for variables related to endurance performance these are variables such as time to exhaustion uh, running economy uh, rpe and muscle temperature Uh, but there is benefit uh, a clear benefit in terms of uh, reduced soreness after exercise and uh, muscle damage and inflammation so that's uh, that pretty much wraps it up it's uh, the same conclusion essentially as we already had in the in the newer meta-analysis that I haven't read in full, but uh, data on performance seems limited. Uh, although that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing to wear compression socks in races. It might be unnecessary, but probably not bad. And uh, you can always get a placebo effect, and a placebo effect is as valid as any other effect if it makes you faster. Uh, so by all means, go for it. And uh, and the re- recovery aspects seem to be real. Uh, there is uh, a positive effect on on how quickly you can recover, how sore your muscles feel the day after, and and actually potentially in terms of actual muscle damage uh, measured from various markers of muscle damage as well as inflammation. So those are some useful things to to consider, and uh, whether that means that you should wear compression socks during the workout when you are inflicting that damage or during the race or if it's okay to to just start wearing them after you finish the workout uh, i actually don't know it might be best to wear them during and after uh, but uh, i guess you can always this is something that you will need to experiment with and what you then perceive will will guide you in the right direction because i it, it is individual there is a a certain variability to to this and not everybody will uh, will react exactly the same those i guess are the the main points definitely worth using compression socks and uh, after doing this q and a i will dig up my my old compression socks and check what brand they are whether they are actually worth having or if i need to get a new pair but i think for the recovery aspects it it actually might make sense to to use them there is valid evidence for that uh, it seems per, for performance not so much but uh, it probably doesn't hurt either and it's not as if it's the most expensive thing in the world there are a lot worse things to to waste your money on so uh, so compression gets a fairly positive uh, positive sign off here in this episode uh, just to to address your your second part of the question that uh, when you read that you found several studies highlighting the dangers with blood pooling in the foot because of the tight compression around the ankle 
honestly, I, I haven't seen this. The first meta-analysis that I read from mentioned that there aren't there haven't been any adverse effects or anything like that. And I didn't find much uh, much else in the way of uh, like reading about what you what you wrote there either. I honestly didn't find find much about that, if anything, because it is really the the reverse should be true. That was the original application of compression to uh, to get blood and to get lymph to move away from uh, from the feet and and stop swelling, prevent swelling or reverse swelling, and and those sorts of things. So. So it seems very counterintuitive to me that that would be a risk. I, I did read somewhere that if you wear very tight uh, compression sleeves for a long time, because you don't have any pressure at the foot level, but then you have a, a high pressure at the ankle level, that might be a reason that uh, that potentially a blood pooling might might occur. But on the other hand, and but I can't remember where I read that uh, first of all, which uh, I tried to find it again, but then I couldn't find it again, uh, which is a shame. It might have been on the Compress Port website somewhere. But then on the other hand, on the Two Times U website, I found uh, something that said that uh, general classifications of compression show that garments up to 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury at the ankle are suitable for everyday wear. And by that, they imply that you can wear them a long time. Compression that exceeds 30 millimeters of mercury at the ankle are more commonly reserved for individuals with chronic circulatory issues and professional medical advice should be sought for uh, products at these levels. So I, I honestly can't answer for sure your, the, the concern there that you had. Uh, from, from what I've seen, in certain conditions, it might be a problem and uh, with certain levels of compression. But uh, with the normal levels of compression that have been used in the studies around usually 20 millimeters of mercury at the ankle. Uh, I, I haven't found much in the way to support that there would be any common adverse effects uh, with compression. But if anybody has additional information, please uh, email me uh, to michaelsaintifictriathlon.com and I might I can do a follow-up and uh, and do more, give more information if, uh, if there is uh, anything more to add to this topic. But that's it for today's Q&A. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly enjoyed learning about compression, reading through the research and, and finding out what, uh, what, is actually, uh, what, what is actually known about it and what's, what's still unclear. Remember to send in your questions, by the way, for I haven't asked for more questions in a while, so uh, perhaps it's time to do that. Uh, you can send in your questions as well to my email, michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and that's michael with a K. And uh, any question goes, it uh, does not have to be technical or complicated. Sometimes I feel that I only get those questions. And, and it's fun to do some of those. I don't think that every Q&A should be like that. I think a lot of Q&As should be more basics and uh, see the forest and the trees, not just the trees. Uh, so uh, so that's uh, yeah don't be afraid to to submit basic questions and also beginner questions i don't think that we get anywhere near enough uh, beginner questions i do like to answer a lot of beginner questions but any question that you might have uh, essentially is welcome and and then based on on how relevant they are to the majority of listeners i will uh, i will answer them in in different order but i try to answer all the questions that i that i get in that that have relevance for for even part of the audience 
And remember to tune in every Monday and Thursday. Stay subscribed so that you don't miss anything. On Monday, for example, there is another mic flip where I am interviewed by Menachem Brody. Uh, he interviewed me for his podcast, the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast. And uh, I now republish it here on that triathlon show this coming Monday. So stay tuned for that and uh, more Q&As to follow on Thursdays. Big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and take their free online sweat test to get your individualized hydration strategy and get your first box or tube of electrolyte for free with the promo code Show, all one word, all caps. And big thanks to Roka for sponsoring the show. Go and check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear and get 20% off your order with the promo code TTS, all caps. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.